This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Warm New York Christmas welcome to the 45th, 46th, and 47th President of the United States of America, President Donald J. Rahim Kassam. Rahim. Where is Rahim? What a good job you do. Thank you, Rahim. Great job. Welcome to the second hour. You're in the war room for this Boxing Day special. I'm Rahim Kassam, editor-in-chief of the NationalPulse.com. We're going to be joined by one of our writers, Will Upton, in just a moment. But I just wanted to, I just wanted to make mention of that again. I'm I have been posting it every day on my on my Instagram, my social media, just just for the haters and losers, especially a lot of the a lot of Team DeSantis doesn't like that. <laughs> did not like the shout out uh, to the National Pulse from from President Donald J. Trump. But we were so honored by it. And um, and I had no idea it was coming either, by the way. So I was I was sitting right at the front, right at the rope line, right underneath him as he uh as he's doing his speech and he's he's giving a shout outs to a few people, he's shout out to uh, Paul Ingrassia and to Jack Posobiec, and and he shouts me out. And I was running around all over the place. I'm quite involved with the uh, New York Young Republican Club, so I, I, I volunteer, throw in where I can to make sure that things run smoothly. They have such a great team over there; they don't need me anyway. But but you know what I'm like. I'm a little bit of a little bit of an interventionist in that sense, and uh, and and stick my oar in sometimes where it's not wanted. I'm sure, but but just to help things run a little smoother. Uh, and if I see if I see anything going on that I can help with, um, I tend to do that. And I was running all around uh, during that gala, just trying to trying to help out. As you heard, I gave the introduction to him, and then I come over to my table. I sit down at my seat, and um, was just kind of catching my breath, catching up to it all. And so I thought I heard my name, and then I, so I stand up and I give him a you know thumbs up and a little salute, thank you. And I sat down and went to the person sitting next to me. I said. Uh, I said, he did say my name, didn't he? That would have been pretty bad if he had said somebody else's and I'd got up and given him away. But we, we got there in the, um, we got there in the, uh, in the clip after that, just to make sure I had to hear it again. And now I like to hear it every day. It was such a great honor as well. And uh, as I said, in the last hour, uh, having had the chance to interview him, having had the chance to, to sit on the plane with him and chat with him, um, you know, I, I have been in this business now for, for quite some time as, as by the way, uh, has my next guest, and I can I can tell you this: yeah, there's there's pizzazz, right? There's the X factor. There are the people that have, and the people that don't. And you look across the Western world at the moment, and I've worked for for Nigel Farage. I was his senior advisor in the run up to uh, Brexit. And you look across the Western world at the moment, and you you see it. And unfortunately, I think you see it uh, on that GOP primary debate stage as well, in these town halls that they've been doing too. Is is there really there really are not that many people. Uh, with that X factor, you know, Nigel being one of them, but Donald Trump, uh, just just massive, massive stage presence, massive global presence. And, and that was one of the things that I wanted to ask him. And I did ask him uh, in the interview we did with him. So if you haven't seen that yet, by the way, it's on Rumble, it's on YouTube, it's on X, uh, it's on the nationalpulse.com. Make sure you check it out. Um, that uh, that long interview, they gave us a lot of time on that interview as well. So I was honored, honored to do it. And we're also going to be putting out uh, the National Pulse's first print magazine in the first quarter uh, of 2024 uh, with a with a with a far longer written word piece by me about what exactly it was like and the little details that people miss. How do you how do you end up in that position? What are your obligations? Um, you know, what is it like going through 
in the morning and, and standing outside that plane, you know, I got to ride on Trump Force One and, and of course Secret Service comes by and you do the sweep and then, you know, all of these little details that, that are just fascinating, quite frankly, um, as, if you haven't experienced it before and I hadn't. So, so to do that was such a great honor, but I want to impart to you guys uh, there what, what that's like as well. And it's so important, not just for, not just for, you know, contemporaneous interest, but it's important for history as well, right? There are so many people that are paid to besmirch uh, Donald Trump and the MAGA movement. There are so many people who are out there whose sole focus it is to tear it down and to, to, to poke holes in it and all of that. And I think for the importance of history, so that your uh, kids and grandkids and great-grandkids and further down the line understand the, the, the counterpoint to all of that, uh, that we get those things down in writing, we get those things down in print. And like I say, if you want to sign up at the nationalpulse.com forward slash warum, you'll get that that first print edition in the early part of next year. Um, I, I feel that about so many things. And one of the things that I want to do over the course of 2024, I, I like to have very lofty goals every year. I don't call them resolutions. They're not resolutions because I work on them all year round for the next year. Sometimes I get to them. Sometimes I don't. We all know what that feels like. But one of the things I want to do next year is, is build on that idea that I just said and actually have an entire book dedicated to that process, to that election cycle, to the man himself, to the team around him. So I'm just trying to kind of find my way into getting some buy-in from Team Trump to do that book at the moment. So if any of you have a, uh, have a, a tweet in you or a truth post or anything like that, uh, that could help nudge them in that direction and allow me to kind of play historian, uh, then I encourage you uh, to do so. Don't bother them, by the way. Don't harass them, but uh, just an idea. Let's bring, um, let's bring one of our writers in from the National Pulse now. Will Upton joins us. Will, you've been around uh, the political world for a very long time. Just, just tell our audience about, about you and your trajectory real quick. <clears throat> yeah, I, I've, I've worked here in D.C. for 15 years now. Um, did a stand at the Treasury Department under President Trump. Uh, prior to that, I've, I've worked in public relations and state-level lobbying for, for almost half a decade. Yeah, and, and, and your, your philosophical trajectory, Will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, coming out of college, I was kind of more of the, the Ron Paul libertarian type. Uh, but over the years, you know, I, I've sort of become – very much and more than the populist mold, um, somebody that, that kind of admires the work of Pat Buchanan and President Trump, um, you know, sort of woken up on the issues of trade and mass immigration uh, and the impacts that those have on, on American workers and the American economy. One of the big, um, big moments, I think, for the populist, uh, for the populist side of the GOP this, this year was um, the deposing of Kevin McCarthy, and I've said it, I've said it for a long time now. Is I, I, I never fully understood how uh, uh, you know a, a conservative from California could end up leading uh, the GOP. You know, and I say could, not just in a in a logistical sense as how how he got there, but actually how with with any moral purpose, given the positions that Kevin McCarthy has has, has staked out over the last uh, several years of his career, how that how that was tenable. And we, of course, saw the saw, saw him run up against that that wall of of how tenable it really is this year. So I want to talk to you about that. That was obviously one of the major moments of this year. Uh, and then in the next segment, we'll talk about some of the some of the other major moments, the indictments, uh, particularly to get a little bit more a little bit more political in this hour than in the last. But let's talk about that because when it happened, I genuinely couldn't believe will the level of hatred coming at Matt Gates. I mean, we were we were with him reporting uh, on on his, you know, pseudo scandal, the fake scandal, the hoax scandal of his from from last year. This was something entirely new. They were they were I mean, I don't have much respect for him now. I mean, I've said this for years, by the way, but but I couldn't believe people like Kaylee McEnany and, and others going on television and, and making the single most lurid and false allegations about Gates against the backdrop of all that. They weren't attacking his politics. They weren't attacking even right. what he was doing uh, with Kevin McCarthy. They were attacking him personally and making a lot of it up. So so take us through that period, because for you, I mean, i got to tell the audience this before I throw it to you, Will. For you, I mean, Will was all over it. 
for the National Pulse. He was every single day. Um, he was. He, I mean, I, I think the word giddy uh, applies here. Will uh, at the processes that you were seeing at the parliamentary processes that you were seeing playing out. So, talk to us a little bit about it. Yeah. So, you know. Kevin McCarthy was a California Republican, became speaker mostly because he was a prolific fundraiser. Um, the, the guy had massive connections to Silicon Valley tech companies, um, major agricultural firms. He, his course's district was in sort of the agricultural heart of California. Um, so this made him very appealing to sort of your, your rank and file uh, member to sort of go along with for being speaker despite his politics because he was able to raise just oogles amounts of money. Uh, to help Republicans in their re-election efforts. Um, now, unfortunately, it, he didn't have the the you know the, the sound politics to go along with being a Republican speaker. Um, and <clears throat> after caving on on a debt limit deal, uh, which seems to be kind of the final straw, combined with um, um, also basically acknowledging we'd have probably have to do a CR uh, to fund the government, something he directly promised he would not do. Um, that, that kind of spurred Matt Gates uh, to use this sort of archaic parliamentary procedure called a motion to vacate uh, to oust uh, McCarthy as speaker. Now, when McCarthy was first elected speaker um, back in January of 2023, uh, the motion to vacate rule was actually changed as part of the agreement to secure the votes he needed um, so that it only needed one member to bring the motion. It lowered the threshold dramatically, uh, which let Gates sort of make this move that we saw later in the year. Do you think that was always his plan, or do you think if if McCarthy had, well, had done what he had promised to do originally, that that Gates would have, and and the others, it wasn't just Matt Gates, but the Gates and the others uh, would have kind of allowed him to to continue on as Speaker. I, I think they would have let him continue on, but I, I think ultimately the reality was McCarthy was never going to to fulfill his promise. I think it's just the nature of and now and now of, of the man and, and his yes, and now he's out. <laughs> but but he told us he told us that he never stops fighting. Right? He told us that he never gives up. He never stops fighting. He went in front of the cameras. He said that. Remember, he, he I think he tweeted or posted at, at Matt Gates said, "Bring it." And and yep. and it got brought well. And then the the aftermath of that, I think, was was the second time I've seen Will truly giddy, which was which was the picking of the new speaker, right? And and for days yes. and days, we had no idea, you know, who it was going to be, how we were going to get there. And lots of names, Scalise and Jordan, and all of these guys. Talk us through a little bit of how how that all took place and what Will Upton's perspective was. Yeah. So. This is the first time in American history a speaker was ousted via a motion to vacate. The last time the, the procedure was used was over 100 years ago. Uh, it was used by the, the then speaker himself as sort of a show of power um, to sort of re-entrench himself um, by defeating his own motion. Um, but, you know, we were sort of in uncharted territory in Congress. Uh, it took them about three weeks to select a new speaker. Uh, and the entire time, Kevin McCarthy was actually operating behind the scenes, undermining the various candidates um, in, in kind of an attempt to pave the way for his own return as speaker. Um, and, and especially he was he was upset with the candidacies of Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan, who McCarthy sees as two individuals that were responsible for sort of preventing him from becoming speaker um, the, when John Boehner actually retired. Um, and he blames them for paving the way for Paul Ryan to sort of do an end run around him uh, and become speaker. So right from the start, McCarthy was never going to let either Scalise or Jordan uh, become speaker, which is sort of how we, we got into this weird position where uh, a relatively unknown member to the general public, but for those who, who you know observe Congress, uh, Mike Johnson, who's a sort of semi has one foot in the in the conservative sort of policy camp with the RSC and the Freedom Caucus and another foot in the the camp with the defense appropriators that's sort of how it paved the way for this yeah. guy to be able to kind of cobble together a winning coalition yeah let's um let's take a quick break there will and we'll uh, we'll come back and talk more about that and more about the indictments that we saw take place over this year talking about unprecedented uh, there was a lot this year and there's going to be a whole lot in 2024 too. We'll be right back with this War Room Boxing Day special.
As we head toward a presidential election in November, one thing you can be sure of, 2024 will be a tumultuous year like no other. How will your hard-earned savings fare during this year? You're already seeing the impacts of inflation at the pump, the grocery store. The dollar continues to lose buying power quicker than your wages can increase. How are you protecting your savings? Consider diversifying with gold from Birch Gold Group. For decades, gold has been the choice of investors and central banks to hedge against inflation. Now you can own it in a tax-sheltered IRA with the help of Birch Gold. Just text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on gold. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. And the best part? You don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. With an A-plus rating, with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of satisfied customers, you can trust Birch Gold. Text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free info kit. That's Bannon to 989898. And secure your savings now. Take action. Text Bannon at 989898. Action, action, action. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to this War Room Boxing Day special. I'm Raheem Kassam, Editor-in-Chief of TheNationalPulse.com. If you want your news in, I don't know, let's say, well, readable format, quite frankly, given how many of these news sites nowadays have pop-up ads all over the place, you know what I mean. You can barely read the stories, then you get forwarded on to some some weird... Uh, third-party ad site that tells you you got like a virus or you've won $300 million or something like that. If you want your news in readable format, and if you want it quickly, that is to say that we don't pad stories out with elongated quotes or, or, or you know, virtually unrelated video embeds just because they have a pre-roll ad that we want you to watch in advance of those things. I hate that so much. You know, I got to watch, I got to watch 15 seconds of pharmaceutical ads to watch a five-second clip sometimes on some of these news sites. No, if you want to go to a site and get your news from somebody that actually respects you as a reader, uh, as a as a uh, you know person that we are trying to provide information to, that is our purpose, uh, not to to grift off you. Then make sure you're going to thenationalpulse.com every day. We don't even have ads on the site. That is how dedicated we are to making sure that you get an unobstructed view into what's going on, the things that impact your everyday lives. And we bring things from here on Capitol Hill, certainly, and things of national importance, yes, but we bring things of local importance to the fore. We even bring in some international news here and there so that you can see what's going on all over the world, especially as it regards the populist nationalist movement. And as I say, you know, the news on the National Pulse website, that's free for you. We don't even put any ads there for you. But if you have the ability, if you have... Um, the, the, the will to join in at the nationalpulse.com forward slash worm and sign up. What you're doing there is you're getting extras, yes, a lot of great extras, frankly. You can read all about them there. But you're also helping us reach more people with that news, with that framing of news. So go and check it out, the nationalpulse.com forward slash worm. And you're helping to support. Great writers like Jack Montgomery, who we had on in the last segment, Will Upton, who we've got on now, and our next guest as well as part of the Pulse Plus um, movement. We'll have Austin Fletcher, the famous, the infamous Fleckers Talks, joining us in just a moment, too. So, Will, where we where we left off was what happened on Capitol Hill, that great, as you say, unprecedented removal of a speaker. Uh, what has the feeling been like in Washington, D.C., on Capitol Hill since that all happened? I know Mike Johnson also has his detractors. He's also uh, put a couple of, uh, placed a couple of missteps, let's say. Let's be kind. It's Boxing Day after all. I will be a bit generous with him. Uh, a couple of missteps. Uh, but what has the general mood been like before we dive into the indictments? It's been tense still. Um, you know, we, we saw there was an incident where McCarthy actually sort of kidney punched uh, Congressman Burchett, a uh, Republican from Tennessee. Um, you know, Speaker Johnson has had his his steps, especially um, in terms of, of sort of vocal support for Ukraine aid. 
um, though he's walked that back a bit and has tied it very heavily to um, uh, the adoption of H.R. 2, which is the House Border Security Bill. Um, and, and he's also had some missteps in terms of you know, allowing the FISA reauthorization to be wrapped into the National Defense Authorization Act um, and then a few other things. But overall, there's also kind of, I think, a, a bit of contentness with it because he, he, he is a weak speaker. He's not sort of one of these stronger speakers that dominates the Republican conference and sort of sets the agenda. Um, he's much more reliant on the committee chairman. He's much more reliant on rank and file members. Um, and he, he isn't, and, and just by virtue of his, his lack of experience uh, within leadership, he, he isn't sort of um, directing uh, the conference on what to do. I remember one of the things that you said at the time was this thing about, and, and perhaps you can explain it for me um, as much as explaining it for our audience. You said this thing about the, the was it the defense appropriators and, and, and the necessity uh, to have them on board, what 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 is that? Why is that? Why, why does a yeah. congressman who is being, you know, told he's going to be the next speaker, why does he need to have this kind of like these faceless appropriators on board? Yeah, so there's you know, there's there's an old joke that there's actually three parties in Congress. Um, there's there's Republicans, Democrats, and the appropriators. Um, the appropriators tend to act more as their own entity. Um, they, they, you know, are the ones who put together the federal budget every year, um, and sort of direct funding, including earmarks, uh, for other members as well into their districts. Um, so they, they hold a lot of sway and a lot of power. Um, the, the other thing too, is for, for Johnson, the math worked out that he basically needed them on board. Uh, he wasn't going to get the backing of, of sort of the hardcore McCarthy block. Um, so in order to get to the 200, I believe it was at the time, 18 votes, um, to actually be elected speaker, he essentially needed the Republican defense appropriators um, to come on board and support him. So a lot of speculation has kind of gone into that, and, and it does appear to be true, um, that, that he cut a deal with them to basically at least attempt to bring uh, a Ukraine defense supplemental to the floor. Uh, which he which he has done. He's attempted to do it. it. It just hasn't gone anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, certainly lots to um, lots to play for, and unfortunately, uh, it seems like lots to pay for um, in in twenty twenty four. Let's um, let's switch gears here a little bit and talk about this um, this big indictment story. We've got about five minutes here, so let's let's dive into that. Obviously, the biggest story of this year. Will I just ask you the obvious question? In your lifetime, did you see a former president of the United States being not just indicted, but indicted for what is very clearly, very, very obviously, a, a partisan attack, a weaponization of the legal systems of the United States against a former president? I, I, I would never imagine this situation. Uh, it, it's sh shocking is, is really not even an appropriate word for it, just how damaging this is to our republic. Does it, it's such a great point because I think a lot of people have watched this show constantly the, in the weeds on the on the details of all of these things, possibly even more so than you or I. You know, I know a lot of the war and posse, a lot of the audience are, are all day every day going through the documents themselves and and, and reading up. Uh, is there a way back from this? Is is there a way to to stop this happening again? What does that look like? I I'm not sure there is honestly. You know, we we have this sort of habit in U.S. politics that once a precedent is set, um, you, you sort of open up the floodgates. Um, you know, it, it's why the Supreme Court, why the U.S. courts in general are always so careful to sort of allow these sort of things to, and, and usually to happen. Um, but so many people within sort of the liberal political sphere have developed the extreme Trump derangement syndrome that they're no longer sort of able to consider the implications or consequences of, of this lawfare that they've engaged in. You say that, but then, you know, you look at, you look at the way that Republicans kind of are playing with the, with the impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden, and it, and it does feel a lot like kid gloves, right? There's a lot more evidence of wrongdoing. There's a lot more evidence of compromise uh, in the Biden family, the Biden crime syndicate, quite frankly, than there ever was with Trump and Russia and any of this stuff. 
Uh, and yet, uh, you know, it comes back to our last topic, perhaps in, 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 in small part, but the, the machinations on Capitol Hill shouldn't preclude Republicans from actually going after uh, the details of this guy. And, and, and yes, yes, post-McCarthy, we've had a little bit of expediency, uh, but not too much, Will. Yeah. I mean, it, Republicans on Capitol Hill have a tendency to be a bit feckless. Um, they sort of, for, for years, the GOP has been the party of not just limited government, but small government. Um, and they've shied away from actually using uh, the power that the Constitution grants them, um, both in Congress and, you know, until Trump, they, they, they were afraid to use it in the White House for the most part. Um, there, there were a few Bush attorneys that, that argued for presidential authority. But, you know, in, in general, Republicans have, have almost been afraid of, the, of their constitutional powers. Um, I, maybe we're just slow adopters. Um, I, I hope that will change, and I hope we will see the party get more aggressive. But, you know, it, it, I think that is a fair point. that They have not responded to Biden with the same degree of vitriol as we saw the Democrats respond to Trump and both of their impeachments and then after his presidency as well. Yeah. Well, well, we're um, we're um, delighted that you're on board, that you're at the National Pulse with us. Um, let our let our audience know where they can follow you, how they can get to more of your work, uh, and also any any final uh, closing thoughts here. Yeah, um, you know, you, you can read my stories at thenationalpulse.com. dot uh, com. You can also find me on on X, formerly known as Twitter, um, at uh, at wupton uh, at Wupton. Um, and that's the, the best place to find me. We'll really appreciate it. Uh, Will Upton, uh, one of our great, uh, great reporters and editor at the, the national pulse.com. Thank you for joining us here and walking us through the, those me. two massive stories, uh, from this year, um, on this war and boxing day special. Will, thank you once again. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you want us to be able to uh, hire more uh, great staff, great reporters, great editors, head on over to thenationalpulse.com forward slash war room. Sign up. Be a part of it. Your first month is on us. It's for free. I am certain you'll like uh, what we have uh, to to offer. Um, I will I will say I think. Over the last couple of weeks, I've been perusing around conservative news sites, too many ads, too much churn, quite frankly churn just oh silly person said silly thing on television that's a story well no we're a little bit more discerning than that we bring you the news that that really is critical um the other stuff all the puff all of that uh, we'll leave that uh, we'll leave that on the cutting room floor and that's what we do at the national pulse we want to make sure that the uh, the site and the everything is growing so that we can we can come and hang out with you guys more more of our meetups um, all of the most important things being part of a community. We'll be right back with this War Room special. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Now, it is Boxing Day, which is the uh, the day of giving, the day of generosity, the day of charity. Um, I think uh, it's a very important day to... Mark, uh, especially post-Christmas, you can still get people gifts. That's right. You don't just have to do it uh, before or on Christmas Day. And one of the things that I think is, is, obviously I would say this, but I think is great, is that you can give people the gift of real news. If you go to thenationalpulse.com forward slash gift, uh, you can actually get people a gift subscription uh, to The Pulse. So make their day, their week, their year by doing that, thenationalpulse.com forward slash gift. And we have a gift for you right now. We're bringing in none other than the host of the Fleckus Talks podcast, part of the Pulse Plus network. Fleckus himself, thanks for joining us here on this War Room Boxing Day special. It's good to be here, Rahim, as President Trump says. <laughs> Rahim, where's Rahim? He said, I love, I love that. And I may make it, I may make it part of working at the Pulse Plus, by the way, that everybody has to call me Rahim from now on. Um, yeah. Flackus, the, uh, the show for people that don't know, uh, is, is absolutely on fire. It is one of the best 
kind of culture and politics overlaps shows, I think, around, I think, probably the best as far as I'm concerned. I think it's the funniest. It's always on point. You guys always have the best commentary, the best clips, everything up to date. Um, and, and, and also, I understand that you guys have a gift uh, subscription that people can take out as well if they're already um, if they're already part of it, they can go to uh, com and find out more about that. But but for the audience uh, who may not know a lot about uh, what you guys do, just talk us through Flackus Talks, how it started, what you guys are up to, how often you're putting this show out, and then we'll get into the uh, the specifics as to as to why. Why are you doing this and, and why do you find so much gratification in it? Over to you, Flackus. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so the Fleckus Talks, the podcast, we started a couple of years ago in 2021, about this time in 2021. And uh, my channel originally started out as a man on the street reporter channel. I was living in Los Angeles. Uh, I was, it was 2016, 2017 with the Trump election. And I started doing man on the street reporting where I would interview people who were protesting Trump. And then all my friends in L.A. said, hey, you can't do this. You can't support Trump. You're never going to get hired in L.A. You can't be a comedian if you do this. And I kind of was faced with the decision. Do I go you know, with my gut and what I think is right? Or do I kind of keep my mouth shut and try and get a traditional job in L.A.? And I went with my gut. I started doing these man in the streets. Uh, they got really popular, really viral. Uh, it actually encouraged another generation of man on the street reporters as well, which I was really excited about, which was my bigger goal. Uh, and then I did that for a while. I built my audience up. Uh, so I did that from 2017 to 2020. And then after 2020, obviously, the election didn't go how it should have gone, in my opinion. There were definitely some issues there. Uh, so I decided to go off the street and start building my own show. Uh, I partnered with my friend Richard Rapoy, who I've been friends with uh, for 15 years. We went to college together. We played college football together. Uh, best friends. So I knew him and I would be a good match for an on-camera show. Uh, and then we just started cranking them out once a week, starting in 2021. Uh, it's about an hour and a half long. And the audience really enjoyed it. The clips were really funny. The comedy was on point, And we expanded to two times a week uh, as of six months ago. And now we're a partner with the National Pulse. We're offering a ton of bonus content, four hours of exclusive bonus content behind uh, the FleckusTalks.com uh, site, uh, which is really excited about. But yeah, right now we are just cranking the show out. Uh, we have, I don't want to say the best takes, but, you know, Raheem, you have the best takes. Steve Bannon has the best takes. Tucker Carlson has the best takes. And I would love to one day be uh, you know, within that list of people with the best takes. Uh, we got things correct really early. We got uh, Russia-Ukraine correct day one. Uh, we got COVID correct the whole time. Election discrepancies we got correct. Ron DeSantis with his boots and the whole Ron DeSantis debacle. We got that correct. So we take a lot of pride in having the correct takes and having a pulse on the people, uh, knowing where the ball's going and knowing what the people care about, the MAGA base especially. Uh, so those are our people. The audience has been growing. We're doing more than 100,000 views per episode now, all in, which we're really excited about. Wow. Uh, and then, yeah, two times a week. So Tuesdays and Fridays at 11 o'clock Eastern on my YouTube channel is where you find the show itself. Yeah, I have to be honest, Flackus. I, I, I listen. I'm an avid listener, as you know. I've been an avid listener since before we partnered with you guys as well. And and it's it's... It's one of it's one of my favorites, if not my fa my single favorite thing to listen to. Because and and I do the audio right. I'm a I'm a podcast guy. I listen to it at the gym. You can do that. It's on all the podcast platforms as well, ladies and gentlemen. Flackus talks, uh, but but there's also such a visual element to this thing, right? There's there's all these clips that you guys get together. You have these hilarious segments. I'm always wanting to to, to pause my workout so that I can pull the video up and see exactly what it is uh, you guys are talking about. But what are the other things? Things that that really makes it must uh, must listen must watch stuff uh, for me is 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 the spiciness of it right it's like you you guys are uncowed you are unafraid uh, there are there are issues that come up that you raise which a lot of people find to be third rail issues uh, especially recently I think one of the greatest examples was the um, was the Israel uh, funding issue a lot of people have have 
you know, historically uh, neoconservative interventionist takes on this. And, and you guys' attitude towards it, I think, is actually the balance take, right? Which is, no, we don't want Israel to disappear. But at the same time, hello, like this country cannot just keep giving billions and billions of dollars away. And you do it with this verve. You do it with this panache um, that I just think, I think if, if, if my one sales pitch for you guys um, to the audience could be, could be you know, concentrate into one thing it's it's that it's that willingness to to be a you know i wouldn't even say unpopular because i think you actually guys take popular positions that just other people are a little bit too afraid to do so kudos to you on that it's it's that it's that bravery i think that makes that makes the, the show which is a comedy show at the end of the day um such required uh viewing Ah, thank you for saying that. Yeah, we find um, we find that the takes we have, maybe they're not the most popular or maybe certain groups need to avoid them for certain reasons. We don't have any of uh, that ceiling on our show, like uh, the National Pulse and you guys, you never tell me what to say or what not to say. Um, we've been pretty consistent the whole time. And we also find creative ways to say what we need to say without getting deleted. So when we're talking about election fraud <laughs> or something like that, I'll say, oh, I had this horrible dream last night that the Democrats were going to use mail-in ballots to send in millions of illegal votes for Joe Biden in my dream. So, <laughs> so when YouTube watches and tries to delete me, they kind of can't technically. And then other times, too, we just make jokes about um, certain opinions that maybe if you delivered in a more straightforward way would get you deleted or have a Media Matters article written up about you or a New York Times piece. But because we say it in kind of a way that we don't take ourselves too seriously and it's casual and it's in a joking manner, we kind of get away with it, too. And what we've realized lately, especially, is, you know, we touch a lot of the LGBT topics, the trans stuff, and we'll make jokes about people or about situations. And if the left wants to get mad about that, my response would be, oh, OK, yeah, you're right. That was a little rude or maybe a little insensitive. But for some reason, the left, when they, you know, uh, cast these judgments and trying to get people in trouble, they have to jump to the conclusion that you're the worst possible human. You're irredeemably horrible. You're a racist you're homophobic or whatever. When in reality, it could just be, oh, you didn't like that joke. It was a little rude. So we, we really try to balance it in a way where we don't get in trouble, but we don't hold back either. Yeah, I think that's so important. I think the, the one of the things that I you know, watched that uh, Tucker Carlson speech live in person at the APP gala uh, this year. And one of the things that, that always strikes me about about Tucker is the happy warrior element to it. Now, I am not that guy, as a lot of people recognize. I am very much the angry warrior. I am angry from the moment I wake up in the morning. It's something to do with working for Stephen K. Bannon most of my adult life that has inculcated their anger within me. And I, I find it very difficult to separate from my from my day to day life and my day to day opinions. Uh, but you guys have that, right? And I remember, I remember Andrew Breitbart very much had that. Obviously, as I mentioned, Tucker Carlson has that. Nigel Farage very much has that. He is very much the happy warrior. Uh, cannot stand when people uh, take themselves too seriously, and uh, and and we've often butted heads um, on that basis. But but I want to ask you this because it's very rare that I get to to interview uh, the great Flackers. I want to ask you, you know, when you are when you are being lighthearted, when you are being tongue-in-cheek about about these issues that, that that ruin people's lives a lot of them right the transgender stuff is ruining people's lives uh, the election certainly ruined many people's lives when when you have that comedic element to it how how difficult is it to sort of shove down the the righteous indignation and to present with levity it is difficult, especially after all these years of doing this. I've seen so many clips. I've seen pretty much everything that's been on the Internet uh, that's been viral or important over the last few years. So it is difficult to uh, bring that happy energy every time. But I kind of know that if I can keep my frequency high and keep my emotions in control, then people who are watching – they can get more out of it than if I'm mad. Because we have enough people who are mad delivering things right down the barrel of the camera with like a stern look on their face. So if I can offer the lighthearted version of it, I think that'll do uh, more good in the long term. So that's kind of how we've approached it. Uh, it doesn't really do us any good to be mad. And like we need certain people to be mad for sure. Like there's different characters and they all play different roles, uh, you know, in this sphere. Uh, but 
for me and uh, Richard Rapoy, we know that ours is comedy first. And it kind of lets people not feel like the world's about to end because we are very optimistic, even when things are at their worst after the 2020 election or with COVID. There's always a light at the end of the tunnel because once there's no hope and then we can't be optimistic anymore, that's kind of where our opponents and the devil and our enemies want us. So we're delusionally optimistic to the point where we're kind of, you know, almost like schizoing and trying to figure out what's going to happen next. Uh, <laughs> but we're always very, very optimistic. And I think a, a big key uh, with this is we know a lot of people who don't have the same social circles we have. Like for myself, you know, Richard mm. Rapoy is my best friend. I hang out with DC Drano. I have a typical liberal from Instagram. He's another great friend of mine. So everyone is so politically involved and on the right side of, you know, the issue. But a lot of people don't have that. They have to keep their mouth shut at work. They have to keep their mouth shut in school. They don't have a social circle full of friends that think like them. So for them, when they tune in twice a week, it's kind of an opportunity for them to just hang out with the boys and have a good time and laugh a little bit and see what's going on and pick up some news along the way. Uh, so that's the kind of role we're trying to uh, provide for people is be like a be your your social network, your friend group that a lot of people don't actually have. Your 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 Floridian Algonquin round table there, I think. Right. Um, Fleckers, tell the audience where they can um, where they can follow you, where they can sign up, what the URL is, so on and so forth. Yep. So on all social media, it's at Fleckus, F-L-E-C-C-A-S. On YouTube, it's Fleckus Talks. We have a new episode every Tuesday and Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern, uh, public episode. And then we also have bonus land episodes, 30-minute bonus land episodes after every public episode at FleckusTalks.com. Uh, we're very happy and grateful to be partnered with the National Pulse. Uh, no better team out there, in my opinion. The uh, the feeling is more than mutual, uh, Flaccus, and say uh, say hello to. We'll we'll get into this another time. I want to hear the origin of Richard Ratboy, but we'll get into that another time. Flaccus uh, com. Thanks so much for joining us here on the War Room Boxing Day special. Thank you, Raheem. All right, ladies and gentlemen, just one more segment to go. Hold on tight. We've got. Uh, let's talk about some of the predictions that we made over the course of this last year. And what we can all be doing as we enter 2024. To frankly, somebody else put it best. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in extreme short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical. That's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Ron DeSantis to 10% midsummer. Ron DeSantis by 10% midsummer. You're wearing the same shirt right now you were in that video, weren't you? I haven't changed. You actually haven't changed at all. So you said Ron DeSantis I'll to 10%. Never but let's, let's go through this. Ron DeSantis to 10% 
by midsummer, you didn't say fall, you didn't say winter, you didn't ambiguously uh, state this. You actually put a time frame on it. Ron DeSantis is 10% by midsummer. Tell me, Raheem, as we woke up this morning, one of the big things that we always do, uh, I've noticed that you've gotten to do it, I do it, Trump does it over on True Social. We go and check the polls, we go and check the latest numbers. What are the latest numbers today? Ron DeSantis on 10% midsummer. <laughs> it's it, 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 okay. So walk us through what what is the poll that has this? Okay, we've got it up there today, um, and this poll not only is it Ron DeSantis 10%, it's actually Vivek Ramaswamy 11.4%. Raheem, how did this happen? And not only that, how well, did look, you know that this was going to happen? Well, look, there, there, there are a couple of things you need to bear in mind here. The first thing to bear in mind here is we always look at the sample sizes. There's a 2,000 person poll which puts it at about uh, double the sample size of most of the daily tracking polls that you get. You then look at the margin of error. It's the margin of error, I think, I'm just going to look it up here very quick, make sure I get the number right, 2.6%, which is smaller than, than most of your daily tracker polls, which have margins of error between 3.6%, 5%, sometimes even. But then the third thing actually takes away a little bit uh, from the polls, you know, necessary credibility in this area. That is to say that the polling company that did this poll, um, uh, I don't know how you pronounce Signal, I guess, but it's spelled weird. Um, you have to bear in mind that Signal's VP, Brock McCleary, is actually a pollster for the Vivek campaign. So so Vivek's numbers, you know, you've got to take with a pinch of salt here. But, but in the grand scheme of things, the, the trajectory is correct. The uh, what we what we've been seeing in terms of the shifting of momentum, uh, really, really deeply away from Ron DeSantis since since he announced his campaign, um, tracks with this. And then the other thing you have to bear in mind is you're going to start seeing more data coming out like this. It start. Remember, we were we were mid twenties, uh, then slipped a little bit, then into the teens, then fifteen, then twelve. Now we're at ten. It keeps going further and further down. So you know. You can you can have some skepticism about this, as as I do with every data set that comes out, whether it's attached to a campaign, a pack, or or independent. And there's no real such thing as independent um, poll, polling companies. Maybe maybe um, you know you would say Rasmussen is the closest thing you'll get to that. But um, you'll start to see this number creep up more and more, and you'll start to see I think um, single digit midget Ron within you know within a couple of weeks, maybe a month's time. The one and only Raheem Kassan. Raheem, thanks for being with me. Thank you for having me back. I suppose I know, if I'd you, got things wrong, I wouldn't have come back. Oh, well, let me tell you <laughs> something. You are, keep getting it right. And we're like, oh, we text back and forth. And it's like, okay, he predicted this. I mean, Twitter's even noticed it. They're like, oh, this is what Raheem said. Exactly what's going to happen. So you were on um, and you predicted that everything basically that we're seeing happen in the primary and about DeSantis's uh, campaign. You predicted it all. It's just coming true. It's happening in real uh, real time. They've known for days and days now that this place is going to fall. The Russian government's going to call it in a matter of moments, right? But the interesting thing is they keep talking about spring offensive, spring offensive, spring offensive. There's no spring offensive. Let me tell you something. There is no it's it's. And, and here's the tell on that one. The Biden government, the Biden regime has gone back and said that they are devaluing the weapons that were sent over there in the first place so that they can do some uh, financial jiggery pokery and, and give more without giving more. That's how you know that they are not they're not ready for a spring offensive. Well, a couple of those clips that we pulled, and I want to thank uh, the, the great team at the National Pulse. Thank Anne Luti for pulling those clips for us uh, for this War and Boxing Day special. Just just a couple of the what we call the hashtag Raheem, Raheem <laughs> was right clips there. Uh, and the reason I wanted to play those for you as well was because I, I, I do want to use this moment to kind of showcase uh, what we do. Right? A lot of people think, oh, you know, the National Pulse, Raheem Kassam, that whole operation over there is just kind of a... Another one of these conservative news sites. That's that's not what we're really trying to do. What we're trying to do, and I think what we've shown prowess over the last couple of years, you look at a lot of the Fauci stuff when Natalie Winters was back working for us, a lot of the COVID stuff, um, certainly a lot of the CCP stuff. And over the last year, you saw um, Ron DeSantis and, and, and that whole that whole charade, Ukraine, the spring offensive. I think I said that back in back in April um, on this show. That it wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to work out. Uh, we have developed 
you know, I've worked, I've worked in this area, political communications, all of that now for, for over a decade, well over a decade. And, uh, and we've learned to develop those, those kind of antenna for these, for these, for, for BS. Quite frankly, it's why we are the first really to call it out every single time. Jan 6th, the National Pulse was the very first news outlet to walk through the timeline and completely debunk what they were saying. And look at this couple of years later, everybody's being forced to come out and say, yeah, well, actually, you know, maybe it wasn't quite the way it happened. I mean, credit, credit to Vivek Ramaswamy for standing up on the debate stage in, in a CNN town hall and saying these things. But we were saying these things years ago. And that's really what we're trying to do. We are an early warning system. right? It's it's it's. I don't know. Raheem's radar, the great team, Jack Montgomery, uh, Sandy St. John, uh, everybody that makes it possible. Um, our partners, we work with a lot of partners. We work with some wonderful partners making that uh, Trump interview happen at Mar-a-Lago. Just the best film team, the Logan Circle group who produced that for us. Uh, and also all the producers and the production team and the management team over at Real America's Voice, the studio producers here, Cameron, and, and everybody else. And they, they, everybody is a part of making this thing work. And you're a part of it too, right? Because, you know, Rolex ain't going to come and try and take out an ad on the nationalpulse.com. Bugatti is not interested, right? Like the places that are taking out those big ads in the Atlantic magazine and the Financial Times and, and what have you, they ain't come into the National Pulse because they don't want to be associated with truth-telling at the end of the day, right? For them, it's the regime, it's the constant lie, it's the big lies over and over again. And so on this Boxing Day, I suggest to you, uh, I submit to you, uh, that supporting everything that you see before you, whether it's through the war room, whether it's all the guests that come on here, um, the sponsors... Uh, the nationalpulse.com forward slash war room to sign up. Remember, your first month is free. That these are things that are imperative so that we can do more of that, right? More of telling you the truth before it happens. More of projecting what's going to happen that affects your day-to-day -day lives before it happens. Before the New York Times is ready to admit it. Before the Washington Post is ready to admit it. Before these clowns on Capitol Hill are willing to assail falsehoods. So I thank you for joining us over these final couple of hours on the War Room's Boxing Day special, thenationalpulse.com. I've been Raheem Kassam. See you in the new year. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. Dot com, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today. Check it out.